Hey everybody, this is Ruben with 5-Minute Warning. When I decided that I wanted to make a podcast of my own, I found Anchor. Let me tell you, Anchor's free. Free. F-R-E-E. That's what I'm talking about. There are tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone or your computer. You know what? Anchor sends my podcast out to me to Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, so I ain't got to do it. Also, you can make money. I repeat, you can make money from your podcast. It's everything you need to make in a podcast all in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, look, that's what I did. Five-minute warner, almost at 100 episodes in. Get Anchor. The following program is rated M-A-L. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. This week on the 5-Minute Warning. So, you know, in my house, there's a favorite show around here. It's not necessarily my favorite show, but it's a show that's on TV a lot around here. The Office. Everybody loves The Office. And every time I watch The Office, I get upset. Because I'm like, Michael Scott is the greatest example of white privilege ever put on TV. If y'all don't know who Michael Scott is, the character that Steve Carell plays, um, he's incompetent, he's racist, he's sexist, (laughs) and he's the dude that's in charge. And he never gets penalized for being any of these things. In fact, he's beloved because under all that, he wants everybody to like him, even when he's being a racist and a sexist and incompetent. And I I spend every season, every season that he was on, I'm just thinking... First of all, how did this dude get in charge? Second of all, why does everybody in the office seem to be okay with the fact that this racist-ass, sexist, incompetent dude does absolutely nothing, and you got to call him boss? everything and nothing at all that's everywhere you don't want to be it's Ruben, Mo B, and on the ones and twos AG the five minute warning good evening good evening everyone once again is a brand new 2022 episode of the five minute warning. Happy New Year to all y'all out there. I hope y'all celebrated it nice. Um, hopefully not too messed up, but hey, you know, let's just do what we do. So, once again, right below, we got AG in the house. What's going on, brother? What's happening, y'all? How you doing? Good, good. We got Moby. What's up, man? Drinking the drink of choice, the drink of the winners. It's a drink. <laughs> is it a drink or is it a drink? Okay, let me let me let me answer for you, Moby. Mind your business. <laughs> there you go. I've been I wanting mean, to say that all year. Nah, I, I might be snitching on myself. So, well, don't 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 do that. D- depending on how this game goes, I'm prepared. Well, I've already <laughs> I've already started, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is this the first game this year you actually somewhat a little bit care about? No, it's not. Man, look, I care about all of them, but I'm just like, yo, 
hated that it had to come down to this, man. The, damn the Ravens, Ravens could have just did me a solid and just beat old washed up Ben Roethlisberger. Now I got to hear about how great big Ben's rapist ass is for another week while he goes wow. to play. He went all the way back yeah. there with it. You got to be all that. I'm sorry. Alleged rapist. <laughs> he was found innocent, although he was suspended and lost a civil suit. I mean, that's very true. Yeah, but we're not, here, we're not here to judge him today. Maybe another day, just not today. But, I mean, do you want the Raiders to make the playoffs? I mean, we got a chance to, so sure. I mean... I don't ever, I don't ever want us to lose, but... Yeah, I figured like today would be, you know, it's a good it's a good ending for the Washington football team. You know, we made sure we didn't lose to a completely horrible team in in the NFL. So I'll take a small victory in that. I would say horrible and dysfunctional. Oh man, they're terrible. Man, the Giants, holy cow. And he had the nerve to talk about our team. That's what I was gonna say. That's why I said dysfunctional. Yeah, man, how are you gonna talk about our team? And um, and like all this other stuff, and your team can't even get out the blocks. To answer your question, Moco Cowboy, um, I wouldn't have a problem with Harbaugh being the Raiders coach. You really think he's going to leave Michigan? Yes. I mean, yeah, because he ain't going to ever win at Michigan. He did. Hey, you know what? Year. He'll get paid more money. To, I mean, look, man. If sorry as Gruden got ten mil, bro, at least Harbaugh has proven he can win. Yeah, that's true. I just figured, people. I just figured, you know, based on you know how he left the NFL to go to Michigan and him finally actually doing well. I mean, he got to the playoffs. He beat Ohio State. I mean, I figured that guy could write his own golden ticket. Yeah, but it took him how many years to beat Ohio State? Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. That, he, he did it. He lost. He lost a lot of assistant coaches too, and he might have hit that point where he realizes that. Yeah, I ain't never gonna be able to win a national championship at Michigan. Like I can stay here and coach forever, but I ain't never gonna win the big one here. Okay, just because of recruiting, I can see that. And realistically, yeah. if he leaves now and comes to the Raiders, and it don't work, he probably could still go back to Michigan. They still take him back. Any anybody will take him back. I'm real talk. San Francisco might mess around and take him back if they could. I mean, they ain't a playoffs. So I, I don't know, know about, about all that. that. Hey, man. Just I have been vindicated. I appreciate Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo balling out today. All I mean, he threw like two interceptions, though, man. He, he helped Scott. Dude, he balled out. Stop playing. I'm not even trying to hear your hate right now. Keep, oh, it, moving. Keep it pushing. Legit. Keep it pushing. Man. <laughs> not trying to hear you. Love you, bro. I, but I am not trying to hear you. <laughs> Not trying to hear you, man. Just making up stuff. No, I'm good. Whoa. Yo, what up, Crenshaw? What up, man? And what you saying no to? I don't know. AG That's rocking right. the breast shirt of the crew. Old Dominion, baby. Oh, the OD? Oh, man. 300. Oh, he's talking about. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot he's a 49ers fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had to backdoor their way into the playoffs. But hey. You made it. So I'm about to say, don't man, don't be trying. Don't I be trying hate, to, not, yeah, you are, man. No, I'm not trying to hear you tonight, man. I'm not trying to hear you tonight. I'm not hating. I promise you. Yeah, I'm you are. Hating. Oh, oh, Crenshaw don't want Harbaugh back in, in San Francisco. Yeah, because I'm thinking he left on. It was pretty bad well, when he look, left. I, I, I'll take him in Vegas. Trust me. 
I mean, anybody's an improvement to Gruden because I he, I despised him. He got a better chance at winning Super Bowl than their current coach. But hey, I can't even say that because that could be a form of hate. Well, so it is I'm a form of hate because the guy did really well in the really really bad circumstances. I'm just saying. You got to give credit for that. Are we talking about? The circumstances you lose your coach behind the reasons you lost your coach in the middle of the season, and you still might make the playoffs. I would say that guy did a pretty good job. Team also. So please stop. Not trying to hear you tonight. Save hey, that man. for your segment. <laughs> no, I ain't talking about that in my segment. Okay, good. No point for that. Then, then be quiet. Jeez, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo balled out. We all know it. Stop it. Stop it. I mean, I mean so, nothing. You mean that he balled out? We all know. That's that's the, just keep it pushing. I don't, I don't, keep it pushing. I don't know if this whole balling out thing is. Keep it pushing. I'm saying I'll say he won. I won't say he bought out. I'm not. I'm not. I, I will exit this show Hold if you on. say T- something T- else. T- Taylor Heineke has had games similar to Jimmy G today, and you've acted like he was the second coming Joe Montana. I try I to say to Joe keep Montana. it pushing. <laughs> I wouldn't say Joe Montana. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever said that. Maybe, maybe Mark Rippin. And God knows anybody's second coming to Mark Rippin. But that's a, that's a a topic for another time, apparently, because. AGA trying to hear it. Yeah, let's talk for another time. Pushing, I already told you what the truth was. Keep it pushing. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Wow. The, the hate in this room is strong. All right. So, hate let's your talk. room is strong. Oh, man. Look, Crenshaw. I mean, really, do you, we all saw the game now. We all saw the game. You win the overtime. You got a field goal. You won. Let, let, you, you're in the playoffs. Let's keep moving. Jeez, Crenshaw. The guy if he on the show one time and he wants to, to control it. Hey, Smart Ron, job. my bad, man. Ruben just salty because he's a Washington football. Oh, stop that's it. all. That's yeah. it. Stop it. That's it. He 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 don't even know what to call his team because he don't know <laughs> what the name gonna be. So Hey Stephen A. I mean, you gonna you gonna ride with that for a long time too? I mean Did you call me Stephen A? I sure did. Wow. I mean the dude's like, team ain't got no name. And I was like, let it go, bro. All right, so let's start with the question of the day. Question of the day: When when does freedom when does freedom of speech, you know, become dangerous? When stupid people utilize it. <laughs> that's that's one way to put it. <laughs> and, you, and when you get when you get around to asking me, I'm gonna say what he said. <laughs> when, when, when dumb when dumb people utilize it. I mean, I was going to AG first, but I, I, I mean, Mo B just kind of jumped in. Was like, "No, nah, you can still go to AG first. That was just my g- general generic response. Sounds like a pretty strong response, though. AG, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, it's kind of what he said, really, because number one, the spirit of the amendment wasn't to be able to say anything you wanted to, regardless. The spirit of it was to, for people to be able to voice their opinion safely. But you can't lie. You can't defame. You can't say stuff that's not true and make it like it's true just because you got 50 people that agree with you. You can't spread stuff that's going to be dangerous to the public. But that's who we are. And that's how, you know, people have taken free speech and made it. I get to say what I want to because I want to say it. That is not how it's supposed to work. So. That's to me, that's how I get crazy, man. When you start lying, especially like 
you know, we're having a health crisis here and you're spreading around misinformation that's proven to be misinformation as the truth. And then you have people that aren't as informed or maybe can't be as informed as you are and you are purposely pulling a wool over their eyes and they go out there and kill themselves because they think what you're saying is good information. That's just, that should, at some point, that should be some sort of felony, at least a misdemeanor. But it's not because free speech is so, so, so vague. Because just because the spirit of the amendment is what it is doesn't mean, not an amendment, but the, the spirit of it doesn't make it a law necessarily. So because it doesn't have any details, you know, people do what they want to do. So that's my what? thing about it. Why does it look like Bo B got a, a bottle of Mad Dog 2020? Oh, no. oh Mad this, Dog ain't that big, man. No, nah, this this whiskey, man. This is good stuff. <laughs> so, Bo B, would you like to uh, add to that or add to your earlier comment? Yeah, freedom of speech becomes dangerous when people think it means freedom of consequence. Yeah, I mean that that's that's really where it is, man. People people think they have the right to say whatever they want, and nothing can happen as a response to it. I mean, it's like basketball court rules, man. Like on the street court, you could talk about somebody, but everybody needs to know where that line is where you say something that, yeah, you can say that, but you need to know that somebody might punch you in your face because you said that. Like it, it ain't it ain't just a you get to say what you want with no consequence. You know, freedom of speech says nothing about freedom of consequence. When you say shit, you got to suffer the consequences of whatever you say. Very true. I think David Chappelle said it right. When keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes you're quote unquote freedom of speech and you quote unquote keeping it real gets you smacked in the face or punched in the face or punched in the gut or kicked in the nuts or whatever. And I mean, when it's all said and done, you know, your freedom of speech, when it's all said and done, is about your freedom to think. And just because you think, that don't mean that you should say. And I think the problem is, you're right. A lot of a lot of people say instead of think. And then what happens is when they say, it's always being said around the wrong person. And then, you know, craziness ensues. So, yeah. I mean, kind of to go back to your Dave Chappelle thing, like, you know, his comedy special, quote unquote, the alphabet community was trying to cancel him. I mean, and I don't necessarily have a problem with them trying to cancel him because it was his freedom of speech to say whatever he wants and there are consequences to it. If people if people think what you say is offensive and they don't want to support you anymore, that's a that's a consequence of it. Now, I don't think they should be able to remove him from netflix because they didn't like his comedy that's 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 when it's going too far in the opposite direction Mm -hmm. but no freedom of speech you know doesn't mean you don't have consequences because of it very true very true all right gentlemen nice nice way to start off this show with some football and basically saying stop talking that dumb shit all right so this episode of crazy world We talk about, once again, crazy people. (laughs) Go figure. Now, 
And that's you wouldn't think this would be crazy, but man, when it's all come together, yeah, this stuff is crazy. So like, a science teacher got arrested for vaccinating a seventeen-year-old student. So first, my first question is, what? How are you vaccinating somebody else's kid? Number one, not your kid, somebody else's kid. Two, how did you get the vaccine? What, just fall off a truck or something? And he was like, yo, I got this vaccine. And basically it's like, yo, the kid's like, I want to get vaccinated. You're 17 years old. Now, if your parents say you can't get vaccinated, then you got to wait till you're 18 and you can do what you want. But you telling your teacher, I want to get vaccinated. And then your teacher's like, let me see what I can do. That's what we doing now? We, the, teacher, the teacher's like, let me go pop the trunk right quick. I got some. I mean, what is this, Fantasy Island? <laughs> open, open up the trench coat. I got all types of vaccines, my brother. <laughs> yeah. My name I is mean, Lenny, and I got plenty. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, what? I mean, what? Do you see Mr. Rock on Fantasy Island? Hey, say hi, tattoo. Say hi to tattoo for me. And she, he got you some, some of the vaccine. And first of all, the teacher teaches biology. Now, I about to say, is she even permitted to give a consenting person the vaccine? No, she's not. <laughs> she don't teach human biology. She teach biology. It like, wouldn't matter. She's not a medical professional. You can't that's what I'm around giving out shots. Yeah. And I mean, the kid wanted it. And then the cool thing about it was, because you know. You got to videotape this shit because it don't happen unless it's on video. You know, that, that's how it works. So as they videotaped it at the end of it, she was like, you're fine. I hope. Hold on, chick. First of all, you illegally <laughs> stabbed me. Yeah, I and hope. then you don't even know if I'm going to be fine or not. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You could at least lie to me and be like, Oh, you can be great now. Yeah, that, oh, remi- be- that reminds me of this dude at, at Bush Gardens that was buckling me into a roller coaster. He said, <laughs> "My man said you'd be all right." <laughs> Bruh, said, I think you'd be all right. Roller coaster. Yo, because the, the, the harness did. Yo, the harness didn't click, and I was like, "Yo, the harness ain't clicking." He said, "I think you'd be all right," and left. <laughs> Nah, bro, that's where you pull that joint down. You suck in that ant, you suck in that stomach and make sure you hear that click. Dude, all I'm saying was I'm glad I had life insurance. That's all I'm saying. Because Mr. Man, Green life- Jeans wasn't even trying to hook me up. <laughs> that's, that's when you got to stop this. You, you push it all the way up and then they like stop the whole roller coaster. Well. Because that one dude didn't do it. But that's the only thing I was tripping about with this, man. It's just like she's not a medical professional, like you no. said. It's like, number one, if you're not a medical profession, professional and the school is not a triage to give you the shot, how you get the vaccine? It's just so many questions, man. I mean, and, and then you're going to videotape it. And it's like, you're going to jail too? I mean, come on, man. Here's the other thing, man. Like, you're 17 years old. Like, when... I was about to say, when does personal responsibility? Exactly. <laughs> you old enough not to let some random person, I don't give a damn if you're a biology teacher, just stab you with something that they say is the vaccine. Yeah. Like, you don't know, <laughs> know what said that. That could have been heroin. <laughs> Dre from VA, we know the needle was filled with sugar water. I mean, <laughs> yeah, man. It's just like, 
it's crazy. You with, stabbed you with her damn insulin needle and was like, you'll be okay. Man. You're, you're protected now. Now I'm wondering <laughs> if they're sleeping together. I mean, well, if you're not hitting it, would you let your teacher just randomly like stab you like that for real? First of all, even if I was hitting it, I would let I my teacher. Right. <laughs> I don't know, man. When you're 17 years old, booty be good. I'm just saying. Um, nah, I need to. I need to see the package that it came from, <laughs> and I need a. I need a triple check. Here's what I'm gonna say, professional. Like, I hear what you're saying, but it'd be one thing if the vaccine caused something. But yeah, like, it, it, it ain't like he was like, "Yo, the teacher hooking me up with this free." With this free shot that I could get for free anyway. Uh, Dre from VA. <laughs> did this happen in a great country of no, Florida? This did <laughs> seem like some Florida shit, but I no. Know, this, hap- this happened in New York City. Wow. Okay. Which tells me, you know. Now, did this lady ever live in Florida, though? Who, I, well, she's a teacher in New York. They don't go that deep. Uh, okay. However, it happened, you know, this happened on New Year's Eve. Don't worry. She's going to retire and go to Florida. Probably. <laughs> An official said the boy's parents called the Nassau police after he came home and told them what happened. Hold on, then you went home and snitched. Yeah, he, like, ain't, hitting I he ain't hitting it. If he I snitched, mean, he ain't hitting it. Hey, I want the vaccine. Thank you for the vaccine. Yo, parents, my teacher gave me the vaccine. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bruh. Yo, uh, and something, you know, Ron saying, you know, his parents might not have let him do it. He's 17, man. Just wait a couple months. I mean, <laughs> who cares, man? That don't mean you go and find some random chick. Hey, you got, I want to get vaccinated. Yo, I got you. Hey, if ever there was a time to go ahead and get a fake ID, get a fake ID and go get a free COVID shot at yeah. a reputable place. <laughs> at I mean, a reputable place. <laughs> it's so sad you got to say that. <laughs> it's not like they, I mean, let's be real, man. You go to RiteAid.com and you sign in. They don't necessarily check anything. Nah, all you gotta do is say you're uninsured, and they like, oh, okay, we got you. If you got a fake ID, half the time they'll ask for your ID. So, all I'm saying is, I'm not shocked that the teacher got one. I'm shocked that this fool let her stab him with anything. Cause nah. And then the vid, you're right. The whole videotape thing, like, yeah, for real, like, oh, but the great, what's happening? What, 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 what is up with people self snitching, man? <laughs> But that's who we but are. I, I, we gotta I, put everything. I know. I, know I grew everything. up in a generation where we was all like, "Stop snitching!" Now it's just like, "Yo, don't snitch on yourself." <laughs> like if you if if you're gonna snitch on somebody, just let it be somebody other than yourself. But he snitched on himself twice. First, he, the video. Then and he then went home and told. He told and told his parents. Yeah, he went home and told it. Bro, so. like clearly, he, clearly you're the kid that they dropped. <laughs> wow. Multiple times. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Like, <sighs> come on, man. You can't. How many times can you snitch on yourself? Clearly, at least two. And he, you know, whatever. And she was charged with the unauthorized practice of a profession. What? Unauthorized practice of a profession? Yeah, you're not a nurse. Yeah. You're not a she's, medical she's, professional. She's not yes. a medical professional. So if I become a, if I go and pretend to be a teacher, I get put. In, I get charged with unauthorized practice of a profession. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you could. I mean, that's that shit they make up for you, like when somebody does it and they ain't got nothing to hold them on. Man, that, make up no, they ain't off. make that up. You cannot pretend to be somebody like that. Well, we'll find out on the 21st of January because that's when our court hearing schedule. Yeah, I want to follow up on this. Hopefully, we'll get a follow up on this. But that's the crazy world we live in, y'all. I mean, that's, that's yeah, this is stupid. 
Like, it's, it's just hard for me to even fathom. Yeah, yeah, teacher. Give me that vaccine. What? Hey, let me videotape it first, and then I'll tell my parents. What? Uh, crazy people. You know, we don't, we, don't, we don't need to go into any other detail about anything else about that. So, uh, no, AG, rise and shine, my brother. Yes, sir. We're going to talk about, um, and this is to the people that are, I know younger people don't listen to this, but these are the, to the people that are younger that have always been one of one, the only one or one of a few black people in white suburbia. This is who this is for because I was that person and I didn't really know. I know I felt funny about it, but I really didn't know. Microaggressions, folks. And this came up Saturday afternoon. Uh, my lovely wife and I were watching Malice at the Palace. They did a documentary on it. It is. It's really good. You check it out on Peacock, y'all. It's really good. Yeah, it made me feel differently, too, because I, it was, I'm so far removed from it through, through time, I just kind of forgot everything uh, that went down. But what I, re, what I was reminded of, and I really didn't, I can't say reminded because I didn't see it the first time. But what I was reminded of was, after the fact, the language they used for the basketball players. And, the, the, and without going into a list of it, thugs, 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 and more thugs. One person comes out and says it, and then everybody comes out and says it. Most of these people were white. So it's not a dog whistle, but it's a microaggression because black people are supposed to be animals anyway. Now, Mo B says something a lot on, not a lot, but he says it enough on this show, and I'm going to remind you what he says. He says, because every black man is 6'5 and 250. Because every time a cop shoots a black man, what does he say? He says, I was afraid for my life. Does he ever say that when there's a, when there's mano a mano and there's a white guy involved? Not really. When brown black people are involved, it's always, I'm afraid for my life. That means black people are animals. Because the last time I was afraid for my life, if I had a gun, there was a, probably an animal going to be involved. A real one. So there's that. The next thing, you're not like the rest of them. I don't know how many times I heard. You're the cool kind. If you've ever heard that, that is not a compliment. If you feel strange, you should. That means that the rest of us, like I just said, we're all animals. We can't do this. We can't do that. And you can you can you you articulate and in reverse if you've ever felt bad about this young black people in the suburbs no you talk with good grammar you don't talk white so yeah micro microaggressions can go both ways you're I've heard, so well spoken there you go that's the <laughs> white that that's the white version like, of you're, it. you're the, so well spoken. there you go that's the <laughs> white version the well see the black version is you talk white well yep and so, what is another good one? Oh, and then generally they follow it up because they probably feel a little, uncom- little uncomfortable too with, I don't see color. Never really understood what that's supposed to mean. Yeah. I, I, there, there is no, there's, there's only, there's only the human race. Somebody saying that. I huh? feel disrespected when somebody says they don't see color. 
because I'm like, if you're saying you don't see color, like you're you're like disrespecting the fact that I do have a different experience than you. You're basically saying I don't see the fact that you have different experiences. Exactly. But all that's doing is making people, it's differentiating people. I'm better than you. And it's giving them a buffer between I like being white, but I don't like being called a racist. But I like making you second class. Because either I like making you second class or I'm so tone deaf because of my environment, I'm doing it on accident. Whatever, however you slice it, it's not good. Now, I'm I'm talking to black people that feel that kind of uncomfortable feeling without understanding what it is. I'm not talking about the black people that grew up to be adults that go and follow a path that they think they have a seat at the table because they'll say the same thing to black people. Sir, you are black and you don't actually have a seat at the table, but that's a whole nother podcast. I'm just letting you know who this is for and it's not for them. It's for people who have heard these things and you feel like I feel like you just slapped me in the face, but I didn't see your hand across my face. But I had this welt on my cheek. Hmm. This is for you. Microaggressions. If you are, if you're yellow and is like, if somebody asks you where you're from, you've been in America all your life, microaggression. They already know. You speak better English than they do. And they ask me where you're from? Just saying. So anyway, folks. That's all I'm saying. If you if you find yourself the only or if you find yourself a handful of with a backdrop of white folks and you, you have heard these things said to you, um, it's not cool. And you will grow to understand how cool it's not. So that's my rise and shine. Well, all right. Thank you, AG. Always blessing us with the, the deep, important stuff that, you know, we need to know microaggressions did you just almost call me nigga that's exactly. that's what i feel like yeah did you just, exactly did you just almost call me nigga? exactly <laughs> ah but see that's almost like a dog whistle <laughs> <laughs> but i already said stuff about dog whistles yeah yeah all right appreciate you so we got a new segment on the on the show for moby tell tell me i'm wrong yeah, man. So, um, yeah, I, I be sitting down watching things and looking at things. And sometimes I feel like I have, um, I don't know if they're controversial views, but I don't feel like they're necessarily the popular views on on looking at certain things. Like an example, you know, Betty White passed. And unfortunately, I don't know if y'all heard Bob Saget just passed a few hours ago. Yeah, it's crazy, man. R.I.P. He was he was just tweeting like hours before that. Yeah. But um. Yeah, so tell me I'm wrong, man. So I, I watch Golden Girls and I just think this was the original Sex in the City. And like all the characters are just so parallel, man. It's like, yo, but this is just old people sex in the city. And they got they got to say all this nasty ass shit for the time because they had it masked with old people. And it was funny and cute when you have old people doing it. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Man, well, I, I, I want to start this one by saying I can't tell you you're wrong because I completely agree. <laughs> I have watched so many episodes of Sex in the City. When you started talking, I was like, he's like the internet right now. He cannot lose. So, Well, you see, I'm going to keep on the TV theme. So 
you know, in my house, there's a favorite show around here. It's not necessarily my favorite show, but it's a show that's on TV a lot around here. The Office. Everybody loves The Office. And every time I watch The Office, I get upset because I'm like, Michael Scott is the greatest example of white privilege ever put on TV. If y'all don't know who Michael Scott is, the character that Steve Carell plays, um, he's incompetent, he's racist, he's sexist, <laughs> and he's the dude that's in charge. And he never gets penalized for being any of these things. In fact, he's beloved because under all that, he wants everybody to like him, even when he's being a racist and a sexist and incompetent. And I, I spend every season, well, every season that he was on, I'm just thinking... First of all, how did this dude get in charge? Second of all, why does everybody in the office seem to be okay with the fact that this racist ass, sexist, incompetent dude does absolutely nothing and you got to call him boss? But then again, I mean, isn't that what America loved about it? Because white people got to look at it and go, hey, no matter what, if I'm a white male, I'm in charge. Tell me I'm wrong. Would y'all want to work for him? I don't really watch The Office. Um, I've watched a couple episodes, you know, but I definitely see that. And it's just kind of sad more than anything else. AG, but, would you work for um, Michael Scott? Number one, I think all of us have worked for Michael Scott at one time or another <laughs> in our life. So there's that. Second of all, this is going to be the shortest segment ever because you're right again. And, and again, as far as I'm concerned, art always imitates life, not the other way around. And show, and I've never seen the show, but seeing the little clips, you know, here and there through the throughout through my life with it, just you know, as an aside of of my life, I guess it's like, yeah, that's that dude. But we've all worked for that dude. That dude will continue to exist, no matter. No, we can have somebody that gets canceled, but it's like a it's like trying to you know destroy the drug game. As soon as you get one kingpin, there's another one coming. It ain't never going away. So I can't prove you wrong. All I can do is like make you right, more right. All right. Here's my last one. And it's not so much just about TV, but it's kind of just about TV. Are there no American born black actors to play roles anymore? Because it seems like every major black role that I see is played by some black dude who's actually from another country with a British accent. The dude from Snowfall. The dude that plays the um, dude in All American, Idris Elba. Like, it's like, yo, are there no more black actors? Go ahead, Ruben. Ah, uh, the dude who plays Captain America is from America. We got one. Hey, hey, we got one. And, and that's a movie. I said yeah. TV. Well, he does TV too. <laughs> yeah, but what character does he do on TV that you know? I mean, he does a lot more movies. Exactly. You couldn't name one. But I, you know. <laughs> now, which dude I'm on just, Snowfall? I'm curious. The, the main dude. The main dude. Oh, he's not American? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, actually, my wife and I talk about this a lot. If you're done, Ruben, I'm going to go ahead and jump in. Yeah, you go for it. Well, I can tell her all the time. And because I always relate it to um, white, uh, white American actors. And I'm using actors as gender fluid. So I don't have to use a lot of words. So. White, uh, white actors playing English or whatever they're supposed to be playing they're not good at it and I think it, it makes the movie bad or worse than it could be 
On the other hand, these people, these black people are actors that come over here and play Americans and we can't tell because that dude on, on uh, Snowfall, he got that LA accent down. And what I tell her all the time is, I just think they outwork us, plain and simple. Because Kevin Costner played, he was supposed to be playing Robin Hood. He sounded like, you know, he sounded like Iowa. What? And that's and that's supposed to be okay. That's not okay. However, when I watch him, when I watch one of his co-stars in Yellowstone, which this woman is English, I couldn't tell that she was English. My wife looked it up and said, yeah, she's 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 English. I was like, really? Well, yeah, really. I don't think we work hard enough. And that includes black people, too. So that's how I, I just feel like if we work that hard to get that accent down and based on region, because L.A. has a certain vibe. New York has a certain vibe. The Midwest has a certain vibe. If you work that hard to get that accent right, and on top of that, you can perform well, then I ain't mad at you. But I just generally don't think that we work work as hard as they do to be us as we do to be them. I, I want to I wanna kind of ride with you, but when you talk about people who have to play these, as you call them, the L.A. accent, yo, there are so many black acting um organizations coaching things in california mm-hmm. where black people who are actually from la who are trying to work on their craft there to me it just feels like they don't get the same opportunities and then it always feels like once we get one or two american-born black actors those two dudes get every role it's like yo like michael b jordan and chad both but for a while they got every role Mm-hmm. That was just them. It's like we need a black actor. We got one. I, and, I agree with that part, but I also want to say that that's not a black thing as much as it is a Hollywood thing because they recycle people. Well, well see, when, when you say they recycle people, but how come they keep finding all these new people from other countries? Because well, once they get, <laughs> is, all I'm saying is, for how, for whatever reason, they get to this person. Once they get comfortable, that's who they want. And, and with feature films, feature films don't really come out as much as smaller films do. I just feel like that once once that dude or that woman or whoever they're identifying as gets a role and they nail it, then that's who, that's who will always get that type of role. I mean, like I said, it just seems really weird that we got all these black actors playing these stereotypical inner city, tough city America roles and then I hear them doing interviews with their British accent I'm just like yo we couldn't find one brother let me let me jump in so I'm with you on that but I also will say like there's clearly a pipeline um in America well a pipeline from America to at the very least let's say the UK there's a pipeline literally and <sighs> When it's all said and done, I'm not trying to be negative or whatever. Those cats from the UK live, eat, breathe. Like they're honestly trained better than some guys in the United, some people in the United States. And 
But how, how do you, I, how do you also, say they're trained better? Like well, what? Hold, hold what on. I'm just like, saying, what evidence do you have? That's that's like a such a dangerous thing. That's it is. that's basically it's just you. That's you making an assumption with no evidence that they're getting better training. Well, both. So most of these guys, like Idris Elba, um, the dude from Snowfall, they have gone through some sort of training or whatever in in the UK, and then they just pipeline them through. And stuff like that. Whereas, like, let's just say, um, Anthony Mackie. If you didn't know, Anthony Mackie went to Juilliard. And he didn't get noticed until he graduated from Juilliard. And he's doing small roles, stuff like that. And so it's like a lot of it is apparently, this is just this is just thought process. Apparently, a lot of it is the training that they receive over in the UK is apparently better than what we receive here. Or you got to go so deep in it before they even look at you. Is that right? No. I completely agree that's not right. But apparently in some in some sort of fashion, that's what it is. And, I, and it, just, what it be, just seems like you're validating that white is right. Because, I'm, I'm you're, not, because the training... Because you're saying they're getting better training. Like, yo, they're black people in, in Juilliard. They're black people who are in all of these acting classes. They just don't get the opportunity. It has nothing to do with training. It just seems like Hollywood would rather go get a black dude from with a fucking accent than to get a black dude that's been grinding here. And that's possible. That's very true. And, 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 and unless we're saying Tyler Perry up here scooping all the black actors up, because you know once you get typecast and Tyler Perry moves, it's kind of hard to go back. Yeah, you got to you got to get big somewhere else before you go to Tyler Perry. Yeah, but then I will also piggyback on what KB Yako said. You know, I w- he said you know a lot of the English black dudes are dark, and he's he's kind of right on that. They're not a lot of light-skinned black dudes who are making any noise. They're all dark. Darker than me, darker than you, Moby. And is that right or wrong? No. But it's just it's kind of like what it is. I mean, I, I don't so know why Hollywood it's like feels that. Like it just is. Black I think it's, to be dark I think it's crazy that there are not a lot of light-skinned dudes on TV. They're just not. I don't know why. And I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna do that, I mean, the the real thing is, yeah, you know, you got your Edris Elbas and all that, and people like that. And yeah, Terrence Howard was one of the few light skinned dudes who actually made it. But I mean, tell me about any real good light skinned dudes who made it. Well, actually, the only thing I wanted to say before we move on is. I feel like uh, now that I'm hearing all this and hearing it, I just feel like that there is a certain level of arrogance that you have to have. And I think this country has plenty of it. Ain't nobody trying to make it in the UK coming from here. I got to believe that there are a lot of actors or performers in other countries that they're looking, they're looking at the United States as, you know, I want to make it twice. That's where the money is. (laughs) I want to make it because they've already made it over there. They're already doing well over there. They have a whole other thing we know nothing about yeah. unless we have the right channels that we subscribe to. But no one in America wakes up as a performer and go, 
I'm skipping Broadway and I'm going over to UK and kill it. I want to be in Bollywood. No, no one ever says that because we're arrogant. It's America. Everybody wants to sell us something. So because of that, that goes back to what I said initially. I don't think that we work hard at getting those accents right. And there's a, and you have to master it to be believable. Now, I'm not I mean, saying we, we can't say do it. Work hard to get the air. What if you already got the accent? You already from but see, the region. But see, now, you're, now it's conjecture now. <laughs> because we, because you, because you acting like some of these people that you're you're talking about actually work on an accent. So if they do get the call, they're good. I'm just saying a lot of these people that you were talking about spend a lot of time watching American TV. And if you spend, if you have, it's just like football or basketball or anything. If you get the reps with the first team, then you probably know the offense really well. Well, that leads me to another question, then. So. Because we've often said that the roles that black people play on TV are ultra stereotypical. So are you saying that they've just mastered the stereotypes better than we have? No, but I am saying sometimes, and I'm glad you said that because I forgot all about it. One of the points I was going to say while y'all were talking was sometimes black people will be like, I'm not trying to play that role because of what you just said. American, American black actors and performers how many more drug dealers can I play? Even though the role might be like, have the depth of something like Snowfall, at the end of the day, he's still a black kid slinging. And if you're American, you might have a different, uh, a different perspective on playing that role. Because of you being a black American, you just look at it differently. It makes you feel different. Where it might not make that person feel, a foreign person feel that way. It might not. I'm not saying it it will or it won't. I mean, no, that, that, that's it a might point. not. So that's all I'm saying about that. But the bottom line is, because of a couple of three reasons I've already said, I just don't think that we are prepared enough as American performers to perform overseas and make it believable. That's all I'm saying. And, and the and the back double back on that. Remember back in the late '90s when boy bands were big, they would make them over here. But then they would go overseas and get really popular. Insane. And insane. Backstreet Boys, all those cats. And then they would come to America and then they become insanely popular. For whatever reason, I don't know what it is about going to the UK. It's like you go over there, you learn all the lessons that you need to learn, and you come back to America and basically it's like, this shit's easy over here. <laughs> you know, I don't know why. I don't know what it is. But maybe maybe we're missing out on something <laughs> that clearly they they got and we don't. But um, but yeah. So, but I feel you, Moby. I mean, I do. It's it's quite sad actually, and you know, I don't I don't know how to I don't know how else hey, to answer. That. I'm glad y'all gave me input because, like I said, I just want somebody to tell me I was wrong because I just feel like. Hollywood just really don't want us to play us. Maybe part of it is we don't want to play us. Well, that's the other half of it. I mean, you know what? I think established people sometimes say I don't want to say it, but they finding people, you know, fresh off the streets, you know, first major role. And you can't tell me that a whole bunch of black actors trying to get their footing in Hollywood are are so high in their morality that they don't want to play some now i get it they don't want to play that role multiple times because you know you get pigeonholed but 
I mean, and some of the roles I named aren't even the stereotypical drug dealer, like the dude from All American. That's that's about as anti-black stereotypical of a character as you can find. Which one, Jordan? Like, the dude that plays Jordan, player. the main player. Oh, I didn't know that. What was he from? He's yeah, he's UK. Yeah, he's from UK. He's English, dude. I, <laughs> see, that's my whole point. I didn't even know that. And the reason I didn't know but that what I'm is, saying is like, do you think any American black actor would have had a problem playing his role? Hell no. His role is almost too fucking perfect. Mm. His morality, his morality level is so up there. He ain't doing nothing negative, negative or stereotypical. In fact, he's kind of anti-stereotypical. And he is. But then you have to also include the fact that he's still South Central. He's still coming from the hood. Uh, there are other stereotypes in there. Maybe other black, you know, black performers didn't want to have anything to do with that. They all wanted to play Jordan. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't really know that part because now we're getting to the point to where it's all conjecture. Conjecture because ne- ne- neither one of us or any one of us are in the business to know no, and we're just throwing stuff out. But I, I do know this country is highly, you know, arrogant, and everybody is trying to be here. And we ain't really trying to be over there. So we're ill prepared to be over there if we were to get the call. I'm that's all I'm saying. So you know. Cool. Awesome. Appreciate you, Mo B. Uh, that was fun. Good, good, good first segment. I like it. I like it. So gotta go the, the board's been kind of lighting up real quick before we Yeah, move Ron, yeah because Ron brought up a point. He's right. That role is it, but the show does have a lot of stereotypes. Like it's all American is full of just yeah. stereotypical roles. Yeah, especially the 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 preppy light skinned dude. Yeah, that that dude just annoys me. Oh, before we move on for real, I want to address this whole thing about Taco that Taco Bell commercial. Yeah, I was about to talk. About yeah, that. we're gonna talk about that in another episode because we ain't got time to dig into that. I've been mad at that for two weeks. <laughs> really. <laughs> Oh my man, because I mean, when you watching sports like that, the same commercials generally run, and I've seen that commercial like five times just today, and that's trifling, man. It's like I don't know if the man's country happened. Oh my, and and you know what, women, I love y'all, but if you don't admit that y'all have superpowers to steal from men, and it be okay. If you don't admit that you have superpowers to borrow money from us that you know you ain't going to pay back, y'all tripping. I'm just letting you know. Y'all tripping. That's all I got to say. All right. We're going to talk about Taco Bell, girl, for real. (laughs) I got got a problem. We're going to talk about the Taco Bell person. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, Wow. Let's see. Terrence Howard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I will agree with you, Dre. Terrence Howard's career did start to go down here when he didn't come back for Iron Man. But that's when he got uh he after that he got uh Empire though. Uh, I wasn't that soon after that. Yeah, that's true. So, like I mean, but sometimes you gotta bet on yourself on that. I think he bet on himself. So and I mean I think he came out all right when it's all said and done. Um, Kimiako said Taco Bell set off AG. <laughs> Yeah, it sure did. It sure did. Y'all got the right one for that. Oh, what's yeah, a whole but, bunch of stuff out there? It's a whole bunch of stuff out there, player. We're gonna talk about that one day. We ain't got time today. We're gonna talk about it. Maybe episode after Valentine's Day. Ooh. 
Lord Jesus. <laughs> um, we'll be back shortly. So, up, oh, see, there you go. I told you you'd be back shortly. That's that's what I do. Stealing people's food. I know, man, stop it. Crunch wrap so, for some chips, and then going to double back and get some more chips. I ate AG. Stop it. No. We can, we can talk about she that. She was wrong, day. man. She was wrong. We'll talk, we'll talk about that next week, man. <laughs> next week. So, so we got so we got the my five coming up. Yes, sir. So, five things that happened in your life that changed the direction of where your life was going at the time. Okay. All right. So, AG, you want to go ahead and yes, start sir. with that? Yeah, I got you. All right. The first thing was when my parents moved from Virginia Beach to Chesapeake. So that set me up for the rest of them. I promise you it did. So when we moved from Virginia Beach to Chesapeake, everything else in my life happened because of it. So the second thing is when I failed fifth grade. What? You know, I didn't really tell it, but yeah, I did. When I failed fifth grade, that put me a grade behind and that let my what what is it, who was now my wife catch up. Because if I would have stayed on the trajectory that I was supposed to stay on, I would have never known her for real. Not for you real. Did you rob cradle, AG? Huh? Did you rob cradles? Man, you know how I do. I like them young. Then I like them old. <laughs> hey, look, hey, and then I like them old. <laughs> boy, ain't nothing like an old woman, boy. Woo. Mm, 50 plus? 50 plus is off the chain, boo-boo. I'm just saying, keep it pushing, y'all. Oh my gosh! Hey, ARP, sexy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so I when I failed the fifth grade, that put me back a year. So I met my wife, and actually, my whole my whole social orbit was these people. So the next thing that happened a couple of years after that was when I first saw Motley Crue. They, they they had their first video. Well, actually, their first video came up before that. But the first one I saw was Looks to Kill. So from a music standpoint, that's where that started that day. Because I wanted to play drums like that dude. Kickstart My Heart? No, no, no. Looks to Kill. That like, Kickstart My Heart was later. But And I was like, yo, that's what I want to do forever. So the music thing kind of fell by the wayside because it's like, man... I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to get from A to B. So I'm going to get, I'm going to, maybe I should get a real job. But failing to be an engineer gave me music, you know, returned me to music, which gets me to this point. Cause I promise you, I wouldn't be on the show if I'd have been an engineer. No way. So the last thing is when I decided to chase my wife, even though I didn't have any value to her, I didn't bring any value. Because my mom always taught me, my church always taught me, the world always teaches me that if you don't have certain things in order, as a man, you don't you don't have any value. Now, y'all can talk about that gender fluid all you want to, but you're not responsible with your power. So I don't think that y'all really count. Because the bottom line is, if you're a dude, there are certain things that you're taught that you have to have. And if you don't have them, then you don't have any value. However, I, ta- I put that aside and I was going to get it. Because either... Two things are going to happen. Either I know that it wasn't for me because she told me no, or I was going to I was going to be king of the world. So I'm king of the world. Just don't have a crown on right now, but I'll go to Burger King later. But I'm letting you know. So in that order, that's how I got to this point. 
on this podcast, married to this beautiful woman, all these things that I have now, that's how it happened. Because if any one of those things come out of order, my life is completely different. Awesome. Appreciate you. Mo B, we're on to my five, sir. Um, so five things that happened that in your life that changed trajectory or the direction of where your life is right now. Um, not getting to play in the Little League World Series. Um, I pretty much gave up baseball. I mean, I came back to it like one year in high school, which, I mean, humble brag, just proved how good I was at baseball because I didn't play for years and then went out for the baseball team and made it and played a whole season in high school on a pretty good baseball team and I hadn't played baseball in years. But, um, yeah, man, seeing my teammates playing the Little League World Series when, when we moved to Virginia and I didn't get to play, even though I had helped us get there, that changed a lot of things, man, because um, as good as I was at other sports, I probably easily was the best at baseball because actually that was the sport I played first. So, I mean, that changed trajectory. I mean, in many ways, I guess it kind of brought me over to some of the other sports I played, though. Um I know it's going to be a sports theme, but um, also Coach Taylor um, at Churchland High School, who I never actually got to play for. But when I was playing basketball at Churchland, when he told me that I was probably too soft to play football right before he passed away, that's actually when I started playing football. So, you know, I mean, he even said it like in a, in a real negative way. He just said it in a way that, you know, as a teenage male hurt my ego because he said it in front of a whole bunch of other people and he was like oh you're probably too soft to play football and that's when I decided well I guess I gotta go play football now because I ain't about to let this old man with his head turned to the side tell me that I'm too soft to play football I just kind of regret that I never got to play for him because he passed away of cancer that summer but um yeah so that was definitely a big turning point but yeah I, I honestly probably would have never played high school football had Coach Taylor not said I was probably too soft. I got to um, ask you, what precipitated him to say something like that? Because I was on a basketball team, and he used to always be in the gym during the basketball game. So literally, we were walking off the court. I was playing basketball, and he was like, he had seen me before. He was like, why don't you come out and play football? I was like, honestly, man, I just I never thought about it. I mean, I had just got back into playing sports because I grew six inches over summer between eighth and ninth grade. So I ain't really do much of anything my freshman year because my joints hurt too much. But when I started playing sports again, I started playing basketball. And he was just, you know, he was a fan. He, he was always at the school. He was cool. And he was just like, why you don't play football? And I was like, I hadn't really thought about it. He was like, sorry, you're probably too soft to play. And he just walked away. Like, he just dropped the mic, walked away in front of other people. And I was just like, well, he got I, I got to play football. He got you. Shut up, my Yo, he got me. He got me. And And then, you know, one of the dudes up here, Ron Crenshaw up here, like I, I started hanging out with him, wanting to play with him. He took me under his wing playing football. I was like, yeah, I got to I gotta prove to people like him that I ain't too soft. Although I avoided him like the play because Ron was huge. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying Ron was huge, Now That's man. just wise, my, my friend. That's just wise. You know, so I always wanted to be on his good side, but I was always trying to be like super competitive at the same time. It's a real funny dance I played, man. I was trying to be hard and cautious all at the same time. You can do that? 
Yeah, I, I, I did it. I did it well, man. You can ask Ron, man. The weight room, we be in the weight room. I would challenge him in the weight room fast. Then we got on the field. I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna stay away. I ain't trying to. Trying to necessarily get hit by him, right? Man, you lucky on that time. Yo, he's there. He said, Yes, he did. <laughs> if you won't over there, I come over there and smack you in your face. I, I, don't think like, I, I talk, I talk mad trash from the sideline. You that dude, man. Of course. Not really. I ain't really talk trash, but I mean, look, I won't about to let nobody think I was soft, but look, I, I evaluated the scene. <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew who was big. I saw Ron Crenshaw move some of the largest human beings I had ever seen and move them easily. And I was just like, yo, at the time I was like 220, 230. This dude was like three plus moving other 300 plus pound men. I'm like, nah, man, I'm going to be on his good side. Stay back in the cut. <laughs> from the sidelines. I'm, I'm going to learn from him. I should have went to college with him because I could have got one of them big ass championship rings that he used to like to show me all the time. Oh, what college but, you did you know, let, let him type it in there because it hurts. Because he, he begged me to try to go there and I could have won one of the big ass rings that he used to sit at the table in front of me. Oh, it's not. Was Catawba. this Division One D1? He went to Catawba. Oh, where, where's the Catawba? Um, it's Carolina. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he won national championship and um nice yeah he used to always um try to like my whole senior year he would come back to the school he'd be like yo you should come and I'd be like nah man. And you know, in retrospect, probably should have went. <laughs> oh, Salisbury. Okay, I know where you are. Okay, nice. But um, another thing that you know kind of altered my life was when I did go to college. Um, I tore everything in my knee but my ACL at Randolph Macon, and I was just like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna try to do something else now." So I found coaching. So um. You know, when I went back to my old high school, one of my old high school teammates was coaching. So I started coaching. You know, that's changed trajectory in my life. I mean, I've been away from coaching for a while, but I'm I'm working my way back towards it. I'm actually going to school now, kind of making my way back towards it. Maybe I can be like Dre when I grow up and be an athletic director somewhere. You found coaching through team payback? Okay. He didn't coach team payback. Whatever, man. See, I try to pay Dre a compliment, and he goes and says something stupid. That's when freedom of speech becomes dangerous, man. I know, right? <laughs> can I ban people? <laughs> no, you cannot do that. Well, you can, but he didn't say anything to get banned. Another thing that changed the traje- trajectory of my life was um, a co-worker passing. Um, and that co-worker passing kind of I wouldn't say nudged me, but it kind of moved and pushed me in the direction of, you know, getting with my wife. Like, um, it was it was kind of a bonding thing. Um, she was a lot closer to that coworker than I was. But I mean, that was a really big, I'd say a big turning point in my life being that, you know, I've got kids and been married for over a decade. I, I feel like that's a pretty big turning point in my life. 12 years. Yeah, something like that. A decade, you know. I was trying to laugh at that, but y'all couldn't. Y'all couldn't leave it alone. Twelve. Hey man, I want to, to say before you said it. Twelve. I, I mean, and honestly, you know, last but not least, like another big turning point in my life was actually, um, Jesus Christ, I'm about to say something nice about him. Meeting Dre. 
because uh, I met Dre and I was actually in a class with Ruben, but meeting Dre was literally how I kind of met Ruben because we ended up being on that basketball team payback that sucked when Dre was there, but magically became great when he wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> It magically became good. <laughs> magically, I don't know. I don't know how it worked that way. It just magically became great. You know, addition through subtraction. Yeah. Wow, shots fired. Amazing. But yeah, that's actually how I, you know met Ruben. Man, that was a turning point in my life. Man, I mean, I part of my job I got through Ruben and living experiences. So I mean, you know, that was a big turning point in my life, man. So that's it. That's mine. I have two words: deletion match. <sighs> Let's, let's, ne- let's never talk about that in public <laughs> and, and, and that's a, that's an embarrassing moment for him but we shouldn't talk about it in public either yeah okay alright so uh, five things that changed the trajectory of my life when I was nine um, I went to camp 4-H camp for the first time you know I tell the story as mom woke me up hey you going to camp gave me ten dollars and a kiss on the cheek it said, I see you Friday and put me on the bus. I didn't know what was going on. So, you know, as a nine year old going to so a you place. Ain't get, you didn't get no warning the day before? You just woke up and. I mean, like, I was nine, dog. Up? I was nine. It was the summer. <laughs> you, I mean, I'm pretty sure she talked about it, but I wasn't thinking about it. I just woke up. She woke me up. Hey, you gotta get, get a shower, get dressed. For what? You going to camp? What? And, you know. That in itself, you know, changed my trajectory as far as what I what I liked and you know stuff like that. Just new experiences. I kind of had to grow up a little bit, you know. Once again, man, I get off the bus, I'm at this place, I don't know what's going on, you know. Social skills had to kick in. <laughs> it did okay. Um, so between that and probably flunking out the first year at ODU um, that brought my life into I would probably say as much realism as possible at that time I mean I never really flunked for real anything so to fail was was a little rough um, but I had to learn how to, how to turn around and, and get back up um, Shouldn't have been out at all them parties, them frat parties and stuff, man. <laughs> man, <laughs> I was just Ch- happy chasing that- all that kitty, man. You can't, you know, got to go to class sometime, man. <laughs> I, you know what the sad part about it is? I wish I was doing all that because I at least have an awesome excuse. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> man, you so. make your lifestyle so sad. <laughs> I mean, it is yeah, what it is, man. Roll, I was, I was um, majoring in something that wasn't offered by my school. It was a vagina. And uh-huh. that's, that's what I was trying to get. <laughs> <laughs> so, Unfortunately, our, our curriculum didn't line up well. And they said I should go home. <laughs> I mean, you know, they pretty much said just don't come back for a semester. Come back later. And which I did eventually come back later the second time. Um... I went back again, you know, stayed in, in AG's room for a year. Boy, um, did you. It was awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, that's another podcast altogether. Oh, my it God. It is. 
in this. And then I eventually, another thing, I decided I want to go back to school for myself. So did that. And that's when I met Dre and Moby and, you know, was on that team payback. And yeah, you know, went from worst to first. Or second. I'll do it. I'll take second. Man, this game is too close. Um, And then I guess the next thing is when I did something for myself, which ended up, on a personal note, it kind of backfired. But on a, on a personal note, I needed that experience to fail again. So uh, when I left a perfectly good job and moved back to Richmond, uh, for something other than work or personal. Chasing. You know, chasing. chasing it, chasing it. I thought I was making the right moves and I didn't. Hindsight, I can't say that. I did make the right moves. It was just, I probably shouldn't have. But hey, you know, that led me to, to be where I am today and fall in love with, you know, doing radioing. Helping Marcus create legacy in that radio and now to this podcast. Um, and I would probably say the last thing is when I went on a vacation to Florida before COVID. And this is where the idea of the podcast came from. You know, or more or less, not the idea, but the the courage to do one came up. So, and now two years, two years later, we're doing this. So that's what it is. That's what it is. AG, what's on your mind, bro? You know, I was against this whole 18th week in, in, in the NFL. I thought the football would be bad because of injuries and exhausted players. But now I have been immersed in this 18th week. It has been very exciting. The football has been high quality for teams that are high quality. And I'm afraid that owners will ask for a 19th week because everything that everyone said that would happen is basically what I was saying before didn't happen. Knee injuries and injuries in general didn't necessarily go up. The quality of play didn't go down. Um, in fact, this whole playoff mess, you know, especially last week when it was, you know, the perfect storm was brewing. No one knew anything and it was really exciting. And I'm like, okay, this has been really good, but I hope the owners don't ask for a 19th week. Don't know about I need to play that much football. But if there's money to be made, I'm sure on the next uh, collective bargaining uh, negotiations, it'll come up. I just have a feeling they're going to want more and more. I hope they don't. But, you know, rich men generally stay rich because they want to be more rich. But we'll see. But that's what's on my mind. All right. All right. Moby. All right. So in the last week... So um, we lost some pivotal figures and, you know, Betty White, Sidney Poitier, Bob Saget, lesser degree. But I mean, not not downplaying him, but I mean, he doesn't have the the significance of a Sidney Poitier or a Betty White. Um, but what is on my mind is the fact that, like, our generation or I should say my generation and then y'all's generation we knew a lot about 
the generation before. And it's it it kind of pains me that in a world where they you know a, 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 the younger generation get everything they ever could imagine from their phone or laptop that there are a lot of people that really didn't understand the significance of a Sydney Portier. Um, like there's there just doesn't seem to be that foundation of a respect for the historical figures that came before. Um, and it got me to thinking like in 20, 30 years, who are my kids going to look at as like a pivotal, pivotal person and, and their generation? Like, do we have a Sydney Portier? Like maybe they do, maybe cause maybe they consider, consider uncle Denzel, um, a Sydney Portier like figure, which it's fair if, if that's the case hey that's great you know a samuel jackson a morgan freeman but um you know j cole did a song years ago called no role models and i'm really really concerned that like the generations before me truly don't have those like in this world of social media where being famous is more important than being relevant or being relevant is more important than being than being righteous or or standing for something that we're losing the role models you know i saw an interesting meme about betty white saying that you know she grew up in all of the all of the negative eras for civil rights and women's rights and yet you've never heard about any situation where betty white accidentally called somebody a nigga or you know, and there's never any slip ups like she was in an era where she could have had every opportunity to have one of those slip ups. And there's not a negative thing being said about her. Sidney Poitier, you know, there, there's nobody that says anything negative about him. Not saying that they're perfect. I'm just saying that, you know, the way they carried themselves was of a level of class. that I just don't think any generation mine or before or mine or going forward has and i'm hoping that i'm wrong i'm hoping that you know maybe my daughter's generation will think of people like lebron james and steph curry people who were social activists but also carried themselves well and consider them role models or pivotal people but i don't know i think i think all these people who are quote unquote heroes of a generation are dying and I don't think they've been replaced. So I'm I'm hoping I'm wrong, but that's kind of what's been on my mind. Awesome. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um what's on my mind is karma. Karma's what's on my mind. Um as we know I'm a big fan of it. Um it probably happens to me more often than not. But there are times where I can celebrate it and there are times where I can just be like, ah, you messed up there, buddy. And this week, I ran some of that. Um, So, a couple things. Like, you should never speak about something you don't know about or something that doesn't pertain to you. You know? Um, Such as Joe Judge. He comes out, he makes a 
comment basically, you know, calling the Washington football team a clown show. You know, because, you know, we don't have a clown show over here. We don't have people who, we don't have our, our, um, our team fighting each other. And, you know, our coach was pretty much like, look, man, just talk about your own team. You know, talk about what you know about. And that's it. And, of course, today, I mean, like it was a, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion, but, I mean, the Giants are terrible. Like, hey, man, it's second and eight. We're going to go for a quarterback sneak. Okay, I get it. It was on your nine. You want to get some more space. You're a quarterback at third ball. Awesome. You know, you get a yard. Third and eight. Hey, let's do that quarterback sneak again. What? Like, when is that good coaching? Are you coaching to win or coaching not to lose as bad? You know, it's stuff like that. It's just so classless in the in the in the game that a lot of people love. You know, if because you can't talk that stuff if you if you can't back it up. You know, number one, and then number two, like I'm not gonna lie, man, I felt some kind of way last week about what happened in Washington with the Philadelphia fans taking out the rail and falling to the ground right in front of Jalen Hurts. And you have some people who apparently got help and others who did not. Apparently. You know? Yet the one dude who didn't get it, who claimed he got no help from Washington, was a dude who was the first one to fall, who was underneath everybody, but he was the first person up trying to get a selfie with Jalen Hurts. And then once he gets back to Philadelphia, he complains about his neck and his back. Well, once again, you know, do I feel bad for them? It sucks that they fell. But let's be real, man. Like, are, is, are there lies happening or what's going on? And karma is that thing that you can't, you, you're not going to lose, man. You're either going to win or you lose with karma. And I mean, yeah, you didn't play your starting quarterback, you still got a 50-burger put on you on Saturday. Look, man. You know, everybody creates their own karma. And everybody deals with it in different ways. But when it's all said and done, it's great for you to sit here and talk crap about FedEx Field. I'll be the first one. FedEx Field's old. We got some issues. But, you know, your stadium's still the only stadium in, stadium in football that has jail sales, excuse me, containment sales at the bottom of your facility. So, hey man, once again, keep, keep your stuff to yourself and, you know, stop stop just breeding the negative karma because that stuff comes back and gets you either way. And that's just in life. Create positive karma for yourself so you won't get hit, you won't get slapped in the face with the negative karma. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you for joining us on this episode tonight. We will be back again next Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tell a friend, tell tell an enemy, whatever. We appreciate y'all listening. Um, the podcast will be up uh, Thursday, Friday. You know, thanks again for Mo B, for AG, 
We will see you again next week. Peace, hair grease, and deuces. Email us at 5minutewarning19 at gmail.com. And also leave comments on Facebook and Twitch. Search 5 Minute Warning. Contact us on Twitter at AG underscore FMW podcast at Nugeman25 at FMW2019. Contact us on Instagram, Moby 5 Minute Warning, AG underscore 5 Minute Warning, Nugeman25. You can listen to the podcast at Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of The Five Minute Warning. Organizations that have the most success don't get rid of head coaches right away. Like Pittsburgh. Yeah, like, as, much Pittsburgh. As, I, as much as I hate the fact that Pittsburgh fucking is in the playoffs because the Ravens couldn't fucking <laughs> be old ass, washed up, bum ass, rapist ass Ben Roethlisberger. Rapist ass. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, G, the reason I call him rapist because in an era where we didn't give a damn about sexual assault uh-huh. or rape, yep. the NFL suspended that motherfucker. So that basically meant the NFL was like, nah, nigga, you did that shit. <laughs> you might have got away with it, but dog, you did that shit. Because yeah, he was he he wasn't in an era where people were getting suspended just because of probable cause. Like, no, nah, the yeah. NFL was like. Oh, you did that shit. Yeah, yeah, they're not suspending Antonio Brown for the craziness that he did last week. Which why would, we just, why like, would you suspend him for that? He he ran off the field. What's what's? I mean, I mean, he got cut, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's that's not that's I not mean, an, really run off the field. It, it doesn't even matter, Ruben. That's not that's not something that like that's the problem with you know the NFL trying to police morality. Like you're gonna compare somebody raping somebody to somebody acting the ass on the field and running off unequivocal man <laughs> yeah, they are I two mean, different podcasts bro they really are <laughs> no, unequivocal just... man like antonio brown being an asshole does not warrant suspension ben roethlisberg possibly sexually assaulting some woman at a frat party in a bathroom that's that's worthy I mean, of suspension, 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 suspension.